0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Nori back with you, Craig Campabasso with us. We're going to take phone calls with Craig next hour here on Coast to Coast. Craig, I'm going to throw out some ETs, and if you would describe them to us and tell us where you think they originate from. Here we go. Let's start with the grays. Kind of give us a description.
0: Well, the, the grays are there, just like humans, there are many different races of them from small, medium, large, supersized, uh, primarily they come, uh, from Orion, uh, data reticuli, uh, some of them are interdimensional, some of them are from the future, some of them that are not, uh, malevolent, are preferred to be called, uh, like the Zetas, the good Zetas out of Zeta Reticuli, preferred to be called Zeta-Humans, mm-hmm. and so we have that classification in the book as well. Uh,
1: the cover is, what, a reptilian? What is that?
0: It's a, uh, it's a serpent being, and the publisher actually... Came up, they had, uh, they have an artist, I guess, within the uh, within their confines there, who did that, and I had no idea they were doing it. So when they sent me the book cover the first time, I was like, "Oh my God, wow, look at that!" So, uh, but I will tell you, it's definitely attention grabbing, and uh, uh, the consensus is of that everybody that's seen it uh, really likes it. So. Capt- captivating eyes. Yes, very captivating.
1: I've noticed that. That's kind of intriguing.
0: Yeah. and it's a female.
1: I'd take her out for a drink, wouldn't you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I forgot who told me. Somebody somebody said, "Yeah, I think I." Oh, it, it was actually my publisher, the head guy. He said, "Yeah, I think I've dated a few."
1: <laughs> That's funny. Now, 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 how how was that originated? Is, is this is this a species that you think exists, or was this the imagination of your
0: artist? No, the uh, well in the actual book under serpent beings, there's there is a uh, the serpent being uh, of the race that uh, I was writing about, uh, and they come from uh, serpents, uh, a constellation that's in the northern sky.
1: Now, the Repelians are different from the serpents.
0: Well, there's it is, uh, serpents are more uh, snake DNA, and in, in hybrid programs, they could be mixed with a little human. They could be mixed with a little reptilian. They uh, there's so many different things in, with hybrids. Basically, the most uh, the the most precious alloy in the universe is DNA, and once a race becomes schooled in genetics, they basically start building uh, different races for whatever they, uh, you know, if it's for a diabolical uh, thing to include into uh, their society or... Um, Sometimes if, a, uh, say, a benevolent race uh, comes to Earth and they want to study us for a 1,000 years, part of what they do is they they start a hybrid program. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, they can uh, understand us by being a part of us as well. So they look at it differently than we do. Uh, how they obtain the DNA, they, they would definitely go in and they, they would ask, Uh, the soul, uh, if they could extract that DNA, and if the soul said no, then they wouldn't do it. Uh, But basically, I mean, there's so many different species with with just different mixtures.
1: I've always thought the hybrid program could have also included trying to uh, remove us from the planet and replace us with the hybrids.
0: Well, that seems to be the case at the moment. Oh, uh, really? Mm. If we, well, if we go to, like, the Sathani being, for instance, which is, uh, you had Bashar on the show before, Daryl Enka.
1: Right, right.
0: Bashar. So they have, um, they're in a parallel Earth 300 years in the future. And um, at one point, uh, Uh, In that version of Earth, they lost their way in that dimension and they sort of destroyed their planet, not physically destroyed, but uh, uh, pollution and all of that. So they sort of mutated into these gray-like creatures uh, that could no longer reproduce and were dying out. So they sort of came to our timeline, extracted DNA. Over time, they became a benevolent uh, race. So their first hybrids are called the maze. Their hybrid twos are called the tall, gray mazani. Their hybrid three are the sasani beings, which are half human, half gray. Uh, their hybrid four species are called the shei-yao. And um, they're slightly more human-looking and then in uh, in the hybrid five, they become more human-like, and then uh, then they sort of become earth humans all over again once they get into the hybrid seven of their program. And I think they're entering six. I talked to Daryl the other day to actually go over it all.
1: Are there many greys like uh, scattered throughout the universe? Many reptilians? Or does the species? Is it confined to a certain planetary system?
0: Well, I think uh, I think the bulk of it is in uh, Theta Reticuli and the Orion. Uh, for
1: the for the grays.
0: For the grays, and some could be in Bootes as well.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and of course, here living underground. Do you
1: Do you have a favorite species?
0: I do. I really, I, I'm very kin to uh, the Pleiadians, and uh, I really love uh, also the Clarion race um, because they're, they just have such a, a wealth of um, information and as well as the Pleiadians. But uh, like the, the Clarion, for instance, they believe in creating light they honor the one with no name, the invisible architect of creation.
1: Like God. They,
0: yeah, exactly. So that's that's their version of it. And they believe that time and space are their temples, planets, and so are their cathedrals, and the universe, their sanctuary. I just think that's beautifully put the way they put it.
1: Are there many species that look like us, the Nordics?
0: Oh, there's so many. There are so many species that look like us, and that's why... Um, in the consciousness-raising programs, a lot of uh, a lot of beings that are from all over the universe who are human are actually living and working in jobs on the planet. I have actually ran across a few in my day. Um, it wasn't confirmed that they were, but when you look at them and they look at you, you know, you feel it and. And it goes back to that feeling that Dr. Frank described when he first met Valiant Thor, who looked beyond his eyes, deep into his soul, and he knew that he had read his soul history. And he knew that he was someone quite special. And it's the same sort of feeling when you see one of these beings here. I mean, all of us could be interacting uh, with them on a daily basis.
1: I've always wondered if the various races on this planet are separate extraterrestrial species that all came here.
0: I I actually believe that that's true. Uh, they do say that one race went and settled in Norway, and and that race actually has, I believe, more teeth than we do, and then hmm. uh, you can tell them apart. I'm not sure what their original race was called, and I didn't include them in the book, but I just found that that was fascinating, and of course it's a Scandinavian country.
1: Not every race is benevolent. Which ones, in your opinion, Craig, should we watch out for?
0: Well, definitely the Draconians, uh, the Bad Graves, the Bat Bulls, um, you know, as we know, dr- Draconians. There, there's so many different of the reptile species. Uh, there, lots of them look uh, different. Some, some are extremely tall and large and muscular and and uh, aggressive and overpowering. And they're very they're tyrannical warriors. And um, as we as we have all sort of heard. Uh, how the agenda of taking planets over from the inside and in secret, how they look at a, a planet like Earth as a, as a resource and that the humans are a resource and that they, they keep us from becoming sovereign beings of the universe because we're dualistic and we are not yet fully conscious. So that's why all the benevolent races are here. And they, are, they have these consciousness-raising programs because once we reach a fully conscious state, they're not going to be able to stay here anymore and they can't stay in that vibration. So this is sort of like their last fight. But the good news is, is this planet is going in the right direction. It will turn into light and it will go into... Um, we will join again with universal society and uh, we will start learning about other worlds, and there'll be exchange programs. Like, for instance, on Valiant Thor's craft, uh, the crews on every saucer, uh, they're called Victor-class saucers. They're 300 feet in diameter and hold a crew of 200. Every three months, the crew is shifted out. The main crew stays, and they go to a different craft or they go to a mothership or to a starship and while they're there they're learning all different kinds of jobs and that's how their society is is created and and uh, some then want to enter commandership and, and start going through those programs as well so it, it's uh, I, I put a whole section in the back of the book by the way that explains uh, all of the galactarian alignment of space equals and planets uh, craft how they work uh, Etc. Also, the cosmic laws and uh, and a terminology of the extraterrestrial world.
1: It seems, Craig, that Greg, that, that the abductions of the fifties and sixties, where they were a little more prevalent than now, why is that? Why do we seem to have a, a shortness of abduction cases?
0: Well, I think in the in the fifties, for sure it was all of the humans that were coming and and making contact with uh with guys uh and and men and women here uh especially george van tassel uh we know Adamski, um uh dr frank there were there was many from that era and basically they all had the same message uh and it was thor's message which which was um and, of course, to talk to them about how the universe is run uh, to Eisenhower uh, and to talk to them especially about atomics. Uh, Atomics, for instance, not only affects this planet and knocks it a little bit off its axis, but it it, it interferes interdimensionally and sends waves out into the universe. Uh, Dr. Frank said that Thor told him that during that first blast that they had to put 100 craft around the Earth just to stabilize it. So uh, they were talking about uh, very important things, and uh, especially with uh, George Van Tassel, uh, Orthon gave him uh, the blueprints to build the Integratron, which was a... Uh, rejuvenation machine, which would uh, keep us looking young like they look uh, during their very long lifetime. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.